0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fast for my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash more. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Friday, TGIF, episode 204. A message before we get started. You can join the Locked On Podcast Network because the Locked On Podcast Network is hiring a national sales manager. Be a part of the fastest-growing sports podcast network selling the NBA channel, NFL channel, and the entire network to national advertisers. If you have the skills, the perseverance, and the game to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, email LockedOnPodcasts at gmail.com with your resume. That's LockedOnPodcasts at gmail.com. Today, I'm going to continue the NFC preview, and we're going to go with the South Division today. Sage had some things come up this morning, so we're going to roll solo, and that's okay. The NFC South. Last year, the Atlanta Falcons were champions at 11 and five. Tampa Bay Buccaneers nine and seven, a team on the rise. New Orleans Saints seven and nine. Carolina Panthers six and ten, off of their NFC Championship. There's certainly an argument to say this is one of the better divisions in football, but again, it's hard to predict from year to year. With Ryan, Jameis, Breeze, and Newton. That is a darn good quarterbacks division. It's definitely the best in the NFC. It's better than Prescott, Manning, Cousins, and Wentz. There are definitely no slouches in that group. So when you have quarterbacks of that caliber, you're going to be pretty good. Let's first look at the division champion, NFC champion, Atlanta Falcons, who lost a heartbreaker in the Super Bowl. In free agency, they bring in defensive end Jack Crawford from Dallas, on Terry Poe, the defensive tackle from Kansas City, bolstering that defensive line. They also get wide receiver Andre Roberts from Detroit. What did they lose? Not a whole lot. They lose their fullback, Patrick DeMarco, receiver Aldrich Robinson, who wasn't really a key player on that team. In the draft, they took outspoken defensive end, Tech McKinley. In the third round, they got linebacker Duke Riley from LSU. So the defense is being strengthened in Atlanta, trying to get to the level of the offense, which is already prolific. Atlanta had the second-best point differential in football last year and the best in the NFC, plus 134. Now, on the other hand, the 9-7 and seven Bucks were an anomaly. They were actually negative in their point differential, but still were above 500 9-7. Is that an analytical sign that they could regress? We don't know. They were active in free agency. Deshaun Jackson to Tampa. Defensive end Chris Baker. Free safety J.J. Wilcox. And backup quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Kicker Nick Folk. They lose quarterback Mike Glennon to Chicago. And defensive tackle Akeem Spence to Detroit. Wide receiver Russell Shepard also goes to Carolina. But Tampa Bay will go as far as Jameis Winston is going to take them, I would say. They got him O.J. Howard, the best tight end in the draft with pick 19. Chris Godwin of Penn State in the third round, a wide receiver. Safety Justin Evans in the second round. Kendall Beckwith in the third round. They had four picks in the first three rounds. Had a really nice draft. Barely had anything on day three. It's an intriguing team that could go places if the defense comes around. The question is, how will they do in the division? When you play the Falcons, Panthers, and Saints six times, if you go 1-5 or 2-4 and four in those games, you're really behind the eight ball. And the Bucks end their season with three consecutive games against their division. Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans to end the year. And that's where everything's going to be decided. No team in the NFC South, though, is more active than the New Orleans Saints. Larry Warford, four years, 34 mil. Nick Fairley, A.J. Klein, four years, 24 mil from Carolina. Ted Ginn, Jr., They sign Adrian Peterson, they sign Manti Teo from the Chargers, Alex Okafor, Clay Harbour, and Raphael Bush, some more minor signings. We've already broken down the Saints a lot with the Adrian Peterson news and laid out how this team is making a commitment to defense and line play. The thing about the Saints is they always have that ace in the hole with the Superdome. I'm never going to watch a Saints game there and think that they're not going to defend their home field. It'll be fun to watch Adrian Peterson run with them this year. And believe it or not, he's working on his pass-catching skills in OTAs. That's something we've never heard. Here's the story from the Times-Picayune down in New Orleans. Mark Ingram sat out the workouts, leaving Peterson to take the bulk of snaps with the first-teamers in 7-on-7 and team drills. And quite a few of those practice reps came with Peterson leaving the backfield for design pass plays up the sideline. Peterson has never been known for his receiving skills, mainly because the Vikings didn't ask him to play that role too often. But that should change with the way the Saints use their running backs. A little bit later in the story, did Peterson look wide receiver-esque calling in passes from Drew Brees on Thursday? No. But you shouldn't expect him to be, probably, ever. Peterson did appear capable of handling the duties if called upon, given the snapshot I saw Thursday. You can only chuckle at the naivety with New Orleans media, and probably with the New Orleans players as well. Not trying to pour too much salt in the Peterson wound here, but the stories that we read year after year about Peterson working on pass catching became so predictable and so comical that it's hilarious now to see it in in another market. That's all. So that's the Saints. They've definitely got the biggest variability. Can't predict them whatsoever. Carolina Panthers seem like a team poised for a bounce back. They signed Matt Khalil to a lucrative deal, Captain Munderland, Charles Johnson. They basically stole the Minnesota Vikings. Julius Peppers at age 37 also goes to Carolina. Mike Adams, the safety, Russell Shepard from Tampa Bay. They did lose Mike Remmers, A.J. Klein, Tedgin Jr., and Mike Tolbert. That offense got depleted a little bit. But again, we've seen Carolina excel offensively without many weapons. They did so in 2015, so I wouldn't count them out completely. If I were to handicap it, I would say Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, Saints. And I think everybody is 7-9 and nine or better. In Vikings news, Minnesota signs two of their rookie draft picks. Rodney Adams, fifth-round wide receiver, and Ifade Odenabo the seventh-round defensive end, the first two of 11 to sign. According to the Pioneer Press, the remaining agents are very resistant to having their players sign due to offset language in their rookie contracts. Quote, After Adams signed, the NFLPA sent an email to agents of other Vikings draft picks saying they remain resolute in the need to change specific language, which they feel violates the league's collective bargaining agreement. The Vikings, meanwhile, contend that they are not breaking any rules and that the language isn't different from previous years. So we've got disputes on our hands. The Vikings usually have their draft picks signed by this point, but due to the fine print in their contracts, they're not getting the job done yet. Still have two months before training camp, so there's time to get this resolved. But if the Vikings aren't going to budge, then maybe we've got something that goes into training camp, and that would not be pleasant. I'm sure the Vikings' hope is that getting two players signed will open the floodgates for the rest of their teammates. But when you're talking about a fifth-rounder and a seventh-rounder, that's not really turning heads. What you want to get is Dalvin Cook. You want to get Pat Elfline to sign and set the precedent because those are the ones who carry some weight. Now, frankly, if there was one holdout that I think would be detrimental to the Vikings above others, it would be Elfline. With Cook, you've got McKinnon. C.J. Ham can fill in for a few days. And Murray should be healthy by training camp as well. But with Elfline, if you want him to be your week one starting center, he's the one who needs the snaps, especially with your, when you're trying to get this offensive line synergized. That would be your most disappointing holdout. So let's just watch for Elfline and see if Elfline comes around. Surely the Vikings wouldn't allow anything like the Joey Bosa situation to happen where the dispute goes into the regular season. I think they'd swallowed their pride before then. Next week will be a similar week on Lockdown Vikings with OTAs on Wednesday, reports coming from Winter Park, and hopefully a good dose of Sage and other guests. It's Lockdown Vikings on the Lockdown Podcast Network. the list. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked on NBA network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about from the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night. It's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked on Wolves daily Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked on Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.